Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Hello. I just paused starting the recording because I could hear a siren wailing past. Did you hear that? I did, yeah. It sounded like the beginning of Suburbia by the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, I love that song. It's a great song, oh, isn't it? Yeah. I'd sing that at karaoke. Well, I probably can't do it at karaoke. Why not? I think Neil Tennant's voice is unique and a little bit out of my abilities. I've got to be honest with myself, haven't I? Well, it's very good of you. <laughs> Not usually. I'm surprised. <laughs> Was that talking about karaoke last week? Yep. Okay. It's on your mind, we can all tell. Very much so. You're desperate to get back, aren't you? Very it's like much some people so. desperate to get their hair cut, their See other people. Done. Yeah. Yeah. You're like all about the karaoke. Absolutely. Mm. A, a somewhat driftery thing happened to me the other day. Okay. I'd gone for a walk with my wife. The end destination for her was getting something done at a face or hair or nails or eyebrows. I wasn't paying that much attention. Okay. And then I th- afterwards I thought, I'll I'll go for a scenic scenic walk home, which led to me meandering along a nice market in East London that in recent years has become increasingly gentrified, which I just love. I just love it. You love a bit of gentrification, oh, do you? Oh, my God. Mm. And I know it's not great for the wider community in all these different ways, but... For a man who likes to treat the city as a backdrop and the people living in it as extras <laughs> in the film, <laughs> um, it's just great having nice stuff. Mm. In an ideal world, I'd like to see a reduction of the gap between rich and poor. Of course. I would like to see communities that are inclusive. <laughs> yeah. But until then... Uh, but I can't, I can't fix that. I can say that's my desire. And every four years, I will put my X on the ballot box next to the person who I think is, is most likely to do that. And that's me playing my part. Mm. In the meantime, you want a nice bake, coffee. artisanal base, yeah. bakeries. Somewhere to buy a nice greetings card. Yeah. Bicycle shops that I'll never go into, no, of course not, but no. look look nice. Yeah, no. greetings card, I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I'm w- working up, walking up this market the other day. And um, I see a lovely bookshop. Okay. I think I'm going to go in that bookshop. But just as that happens, somebody calls me. It's a work call. And I end up standing on the street outside the bookshop having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, 
a criticism I sometimes level at my wife is that she is a strong flavour. Okay. I think you know what I mean here. She's, no, she, yeah, she's not, she's a strong flavour. She's not, she is. she's not shy of an opinion. No. She doesn't really think that much about other people overhearing her. No. I, I have a suspicion that my Uber rating, for example, would be higher <laughs> if she never went into an Uber with me. Really? Because I'm thinking she's a strong flavour, but I, but not in a way that, like, it's sort of love it or hate it. I think it's generally mm, liked. I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, I... I, I You're I, not sure? I, no, I'm, I'm incredible. Yeah, I'm very fond of her. <laughs> yeah, good, good. But I can see how if that is not your flavour, mm. it's not just like, mm, I don't really care for that. It's like, oh, my God. Right. So if we've been out for dinner... And she's sat in the back of your workplace ranting about somebody's personality or their inability. You know, she's always doing her COD psychoanalysis. I can see how people would just think, can this person just give it a rest <laughs> and then mark me down? Right. To the extent that I quite often now, I mean, not that we've been anywhere for more than a year, but if, if there are occasions where we need to take an Uber together, I will use her account rather than mine. Oh, because I don't want to get marked down for her gobbiness. Have you told her this? I don't know. Don't. She's quite scary. She's quite, yeah. quite scary. I advise you not to mention that. The point being, I am aware that overhearing other people's conversations can be annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this, and, and I think I, that, that's tr- as true of me as it is for anybody. Sometimes the things other people are saying sound inane. You don't want to hear it. Yeah. However, this one particular call, which I would say went on for between five and ten minutes, was pretty perfunctory. I don't speak too loudly, generally. I'm quite softly spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no controversial content in it. But I am standing outside a bookshop waiting to go in, having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I would say about two-thirds of the way through, and the bookshop is empty. There's no, There are no customers in there. Okay. About two-thirds of the way through, the young woman working in there comes out from behind the till, goes to the door and closes it. Oh, and you're taking that personally, right? Right. So I instantly think my conversation is so grating that she's closed the door. Yeah. And then bits of cognitive behavioural therapy I've done at various stages have, have taught me to kind of then start breaking down, break down those negative thoughts into other possibilities. So maybe, maybe she was, maybe she was getting a bit cold in there. Right. Yeah. So I said, that's more likely mm-hmm. you close a door because you're cold. I come off the phone mm-hmm. and go into the bookshop. Mm-hmm. But I think just in case she, uh, she did close it out of annoyance at the sound of my voice, mm. I, I'm going to have a very business-like air about me. I'm not going to be overly friendly. Okay. You know what I'm like? I'm like to be not liked. Mm-mm-mm. So when I go, I start browsing. As I'm browsing, she comes back out from behind the counter and reopens the door. Because you stopped talking. I mean... I think that is conclusive proof that she only closed that door because of my conversation. Why else? And when that was over, she reopened it. What I, I can't conceive. Like so so 
whereas in the other scenario, I could tell myself, oh, she was probably just a bit cold. Mm-hmm. Could it have been, oh, I'm a bit cold. Oh, actually, I feel a bit hot again. It's possible, but <laughs> unlikely. You've got to go with the... Uh, the, the, oh, no, the, the you the were one annoying her. Yeah. So what happened next? Well, I thought, here's what I'm going to do. Because mm-hmm. I do want to buy some things from here. Right. So I'm going to get them, but I'm not going to be friendly. I'm not going to be hostile. Yeah. But um, pass me a book. Pass, pass a book from that shelf behind you. Okay. <laughs> oh, good choice. Beano album. <laughs> uh, Beano book 1973. Beano annual. Um, right. So, so Somebody bought me this for my 40th. Who That's a great it? present. It's a great it's present. It's your year of birth, it? isn't it? It yeah. might have been my wife. Anyway, so... So I get, so I get the things that I'm, I'm going to buy. I take them to the counter, and I, I put them down. And go, thank you. Mm-hmm. So usually, yeah, I'd go up to the counter and go, "Hello, how are you?" Right, right. So I'm fine, thanks. I said, uh, "Oh, could I just take these, please? Thank you." Mm-hmm. That's how I would usually behave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought I'm just going to have, uh, what's a good word for it? Brusque. I'm going to have a brusque manner about me. Mm-hmm. So I brusquely put the books down on the counter. So thank you. Don't really make any eye contact. Mm-hmm. I'm not being rude. I've said thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've done the minimum, like yeah. minimum possible. She puts them into a bag. She tells me how much weight they'll be. Mm-hmm. Take my card out. Pop it on the thing. Beep. <laughs> not authorised. Oh, no. This is terrible. <laughs> so terrible. So my revenge on her. Yeah, yeah. Which was just to be quite terse. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm feeling so embarrassed that my card isn't authorised that I then have to kind of be smiley and say, oh, that's weird, just bear with me a second. Uh, and so th- then I like have to open up the app on my phone. Mm-hmm. and it, I, I don't need to go into the, no, the, no. the reasons why there wasn't money in my account, but basically I have a few accounts all <laughs> right, right. with the same bank and I, one's for spending, one's for bills, and I just move it into my spending account. And then... Card down again. Beep. Not authorised. I'd forget, forgot to press confirm transfer. Oh, no. <laughs> so then I have to go, oh, I'm so sorry. This is entirely on me. What have I done here? Uh, peer over my glasses. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't confirm it. There we go. Try it again, third time. So I've had to be this kind of bumbling, friendly, warm version of myself Mm-mm. because of the card rejection when all I wanted to be was spiteful. It's terrible. At any point, were you tempted to go, sorry, oh, sorry, like you want to hear any more of my voice? Oh, that would be such a great passive-aggressive thing to do. <laughs> yes! And then you could have worked out through her facial expression if you were right or not. Oh, what? what? I, that's right. What I should have said is... Uh, mm. God, you must be the sickest sound of my voice and then give her like a Paddington Bear stare. Yes. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Was that that seriously good? It was good. You should use it. Go back there. Go back there. What What time is it? What time do they close? (laughs) Go back there now. Do it. Maybe I'll just go there and and, like, I've got nothing to do tomorrow. I can just go and glare through the window for a few hours. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Right, Hamb. Yes. That water bottle you've got there. Mm. Do you enjoy it? Love it. 
I bought my wife one for Christmas some years ago. It's called a Swell, right? No, mine is a ProWorks. Oh. They're all much of a muchness. Chili's ProWorks, you know, that kind of thing. Stainless steel, as I've mentioned. What she didn't like about it was the fact that you have to fully take the top off if you want a drink. How lazy. I think she likes one where, like, like the one uh, in my hand now, which she calls Bot Bot. Bot Bot, baby. Where bot, you, can bot. Kind of... you pull it up with your mouth. Mm. Mm. Or there's some where you can just flick with one hand. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very, very, very mild irritation. Actually, now I'm looking at it, that, that one's, hers did have some kind of mechanism on it, which meant it kept leaking in her bag. That's much worse. That's much worse. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Maybe that's better. Okay. Maybe I'll get one of those next time. Yeah. Uh, right. Was, are we going to leave that in the podcast? <laughs> yeah, you're not edit it out. How boring. I did edit something the other week. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. When we started it, I used to like do a proper edit job on it. All right. <laughs> it's good, good for everyone to know you've let things slide so much. <laughs> I feel that it's just found its groove. Exactly. Yeah. You need, it needed more editing at the start. Now it just doesn't need it anymore, does it? Anyway. I think what it is, is we've edited the listeners. <laughs> to those that can tolerate <laughs> yeah. the non edited version of the yeah, quiet Yeah, right. exactly. Um, so. Uh, speaking of the listeners, yes, their bits don't need editing. No, certainly not. Well, I don't know if you do edit them or not. No. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see them, but no. you, you know, they, they certainly don't sound like they've been edited or need it for that matter. Exactly. Stories from drifters. Tony C. I thought it was about time I shared a story about one of the most awful moments in my life, one that still causes me to shudder with embarrassment over twenty-five years later. In the mid-90s, I went on some dates with a lovely Argentinian woman who was over in the UK studying to be a nurse. We were both very shy and quite awkward, but had been out for a couple of times for drinks and a meal. Things seemed to be going okay. We'd chat quite a bit on the phone and meet up along with other mutual friends, but despite clearly liking each other, neither of us were brave enough to make the first move. One day, for reasons I can't remember, she couldn't get to the hospital where she was working. Being a gentleman and quite smitten, I offered to drive over, pick her up and give her a lift. She happily agreed and I sped over her night in a shining Renault 5. She greeted me at the door, jumped in and we drove off. The journey of about 15 minutes was pleasurable as we chatted about this and that, laughing and sharing jokes. We both seemed to be finally overcoming our mutual shyness and enjoying each other's company. I felt a wave of confidence and happiness. She looked beautiful as the spring sunshine filtered through the passenger side window and all was well with the world. I made up my mind. This was definitely the moment. As we parked up, she smiled and thanked me for the lift. Our eyes met and my heart raced. I leant across from the driver's seat and her head moved towards mine, our lips trembling. This was it. I could feel her breath as we moved to within millimetres of our mouth touching. Then, just as we were about to kiss, honk! We both jumped out of our skins and panicked. In that perfect moment, that moment when a lifelong relationship with my soulmate might have just taken its first tentative steps, I'd leant on the car horn. For a moment which seemed to last an eternity, we sat there, stunned, as all the other people in the car park looked in our direction to see why someone was beeping their horn. Oh, She hurriedly said goodbye, opened the car door and rushed into the hospital. I just sat there, my face scarlet with embarrassment. Although we met socially afterwards, we never went on another <laughs> date and nothing was ever mentioned. I often think of what might have been had it not been for that moment of clumsiness. 
perhaps now I'd be in my villa on the pampas of Argentina, living the life of a gaucho <laughs> with my, whilst my beautiful wife runs the local hospital for sick orphans, rather than my perfectly adequate life in the East Midlands. Oh, well, honk, honk. I think in the 90s, you could have pitched a sketch <laughs> about a man whose life is punctuated by sound effects. <laughs> inappropriate moments and, and that would have uh, that would have got you on a major sketch show I think absolutely oh that's Brilliant. great yeah uh, and this is from Simon after hearing Annabelle's experience the other week of getting the Covid vaccine I thought I would tell you about my experience I recently received a text message from my GP to book an appointment for my first jab as I'm 45 I booked it for the Friday at 4.15 and the day came and I decided to walk to my GP surgery thinking I can't be late and I didn't want to drive due to parking and I thought, well, what if I'm feeling dizzy afterwards and I have a crash driving back home? Anyway, I got there, dead on 4.15 and walked in with my mask on, expecting them to have been waiting especially for me at that time. But to my horror, I found myself walking into a room full of 40 plus year olds, all there for their vaccine at around the same time slot. A member of staff asked my name and said, OK, fill in this form, young man. Well, I'm thinking, I'm 45. I haven't been called young man for quite a few years now. I proceeded to fill in the form after being told to stand back in the entrance as too many people were in there at once. I was starting to feel very awkward, but I bent down to rest the clipboard on my knee, filled in my form and handed it in. I was told to keep one piece of the form for myself, but was not told why, so I put it in my pocket. My name was then called out and I said, yes, I'm here. A doctor was waiting and I followed him into his office. He then asked me a question and I wasn't sure what he said, but to me it sounded like, do you have your mobile phone, please? I started to take my phone out of my pocket thinking it must not be allowed in the GP's office or maybe to do with the COVID-19 app he thought I may have been using. But what he'd actually said was, do you have the form, please? I said, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said mobile phone, please. Remembering Annabelle's same type of mix-up with the Bell incident only a week before. I really am an awkward drifter. I've always made these types of mistakes all my life. And I've often wished I could just be cool and do everything right in life, not look awkward with everything I do. Anyway, I had my jab, which was on my right arm, and on a tattoo of a bull skull that I'd had done 20 years ago in another awkward <laughs> drifter moment. I'm not sure why, but I had to explain to the doctor that I'd had that tattoo 20 years ago. <laughs> I regret it now. He just said, I will aim for the centre, which was the centre of the head of the bull skull. The jab was fine, but when they told me how to go out a different way and follow the arrows chalked out on the floor outside, I still turned the wrong way in the car park. My embarrassing first COVID vaccine experience, which will stay with me forever. That's great. I mean, we've all been left hanging, needing to know the story of that tattoo. Yes, I know. I'm not sure why. It's like the, the whole story there, yeah. Have I ever said that thing? I don't know. If, I've probably mentioned it because I mentioned everything at this point. That I find it incredibly weird how touchy people are about being asked about their tattoos. Oh, interesting. Are they? I think sometimes if somebody has a lot of tattoos and you ask them about them, you get a bit of eye rolling like... I think it's often very, very personal and they don't want to or maybe they get asked too much and they're bored of talking about them. I don't know. It's yeah, interesting. I know, but then you it's all this stuff that faces the world. So mm. if you've got a tattoo, I know there are personal reasons that people get them for and it's in, in some ways for some people a record of their, their life. But also anything that is 
facing outwards in the world mm. is part of how you're presenting yourself to the world. Yes. So, yeah. which then I think is fair game to ask to, about. to ask about. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard an interesting story about a well, tattoo. You've heard this one about yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you remember when I was thinking about getting a t- t- tattoo? Yeah. What? I could have got a free tattoo. Well, this is the thing. This is your point was, well, someone's offered to pay for it, so why wouldn't I have it? And like, I, I could f- find a million arguments against that. You're just doing it because it was free, so why yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, then, but then... It was on. going to be on your forehead. That was my issue. Was it going to be on my forehead? It was absolutely on your no, forehead. No, I it think was. I might have said that no, to be silly. It was, you said, no. you said they, they said they'll do it for free if I have it on my forehead. No, and no, you were like, well, no, it's free. No, it's free, no, so no, I'll do it. You're getting mixed up. You're getting mixed up. It was my friend Gree yeah. in Sweden, and she said if I got her name tattooed on my body, oh, right, that was it. then I could have it for free, that she paid for it. why would you do that? Because it's free. So, I didn't mean like, you people don't pay want... for stuff. You're getting something for free that other people pay money for. But do you want it? No, but you I sometimes give, don't I know. I could give you a dog poo for free. You don't want it, no, do But you? nobody so pays money for a dog no. poo. That's not a bargain. You know, that's I'm not acquiring anything of value. Okay, I could. Like, that's not a good example then. No, I... it's a bad example. <laughs> I could give you something that's hideous that people pay a lot of money for, like yeah. a revolting painting. You would say, no, thank you. I don't know if I would, actually. Okay. I don't know if I, I might. I'd have to look at it first. It's hypothetical. It's like free stuff. I know. Okay. Okay. Um, good. Uh, enjoyed those those both very much indeed. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Remember, as of this week, we are is still the semi-retirement of mug chat from this week onwards, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. This is the last. This is the finale. This is I'm the, the finale of mug chat, yeah. and then it's gonna it's gonna be a bit like um, yeah, the royal family, mm. where it finished. The series finished after like two or three series or whatever it was. But then it'd come back yes. for specials Speci- every yeah. now and again. I'm not ruling out a special. We're not ruling out a special, no. but otherwise today's the last mug chat. So we need Drifter, Drifters to pick up the slack with the contributions for this part of the uh, of the podcast with your stories of social awkwardness, conversational fumblings, things blurted out, this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so please email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> Annabelle? Yes. I am ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So I read an article recently which referenced something Salman Rushdie had said when asked about any positive sides to the pandemic, to which he answered, did our ancestors ask themselves what good would come out of the Black Death? Why this need to believe there's always a positive side to a global calamity? Oh, that's great. I love this. Like, yeah. I like that Like, not every bad experience has to better yes. you or have a silver lining. But I will say that it does feel incredible that I haven't had to do the social hello, goodbye, cheek kiss with anyone for well over a year now, which is amazing. Because I've, I've said many times before, I find this social nicety horrendous. And 10 years ago, do you remember I tried to get it banned in the ban UK? Ban the cheek kiss. Yes, yeah, ban yes. the cheek kiss. On the yes, old radio yeah. show we used to do, I tried to get it banned and I was met with total apathy, which amazed me amazed me that most people just didn't agree with me they either didn't mind or incredibly liked the social cheat kiss they it's so weird that I anybody know. would like it i know they didn't like, even... there's a lot of things in life where you just think no i guess that's just how it is it's part of the culture yeah. what most but yeah, yeah just get on with it it's yeah. fine it's not fine no they didn't even seem that bothered it still hasn't been standardized which is my biggest issue really yes. 
I could cope with it if there were very strict rules on how many kisses, one, two, or please God, no three, and also which side to start with first. Mm. And if there were daily lessons on exactly how to do it every day from primary school onwards. Yes. If, if all those things had happened, I would have never ended up with Denise Van Outen's <laughs> earlobe in exactly. my mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm guessing it's like skiing or learning a language. The younger you start doing it, mm. the easier it is for you. Yes. But when we were younger, it didn't exist. Nope. Like we would laugh at the French. Yes. The two things. One, eating horses. Two, the cheek kiss. It was funny. It was. It was we laughed at them. Yeah. They were a source yeah, of yeah. fun. Of I mean, slight, slightly homophobic undertones because when you'd hear that French men kissed each other. Yes. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And, and here we are today. Yeah. And we're all making a terrible mess of it. Even mm. celebrities who are yes. schmoozing all day long and should be super experienced. But no, they're all accidentally going for the wrong side or doing the wrong amount or yeah. accidentally kissing the ear, neck, nose, or worst of all, the mouth, Ugh. like the rest of us. And the reason why we kiss is biological. We are sampling each other's fe- pheromones. I can never say that Somebody's word. been on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. <laughs> we are sampling each other's pheromones to judge biological compatibility. Mm. So why are we doing this with friends, colleagues and acquaintances? I don't need to know that I'm biologically compatible with a DHL man. Admittedly, I'm not kissing. <laughs> <laughs> but I do see him a lot. <laughs> If it wasn't for COVID, probably would be at that stage now. Anyway, <laughs> our faces also are undesigned for any kind of kissing. The nose is in the way. Mm. The good news is, is there is a precedent. Roman Emperor Tiberius, Tiberius, <laughs> Wikipedia, banned it. This is two it. different Wikipedia pages of the same same one. Two different ones. Okay. Admittedly, that was in AD 14, and it was because of an epidemic of cold sores. Like, how bad must that have been? <laughs> like, that's a lot of cold sores to ban kissing entirely. Yeah. But I do feel there's never been a better time to get rid of the cheek kiss. So I think the way forward here is to lobby the government. And then when a law is passed, there should be public information film adverts, like in the 70s with kites and overhead power lines. Put them on during Corrie and the Masked Singer. Is that on ITV? And so if anyone's got any spare time and wants to do this, they have my full support. (laughs) I've checked the Twitter account I created 10 years ago called at Ban the Cheek Kiss. Amazingly, it still has 179 members. Wow. Which says a lot about how often people tidy up their follow lists. (laughs) But I'm sure they'd all support it too. And then Salman Rushdie in 2041 will be saying the COVID-19 pandemic was horrific, but at least we could take solace (laughs) and that it ended the cheek kiss. (laughs) So just so much to come back to there. The first thing is just on that Twitter follower thing. Yes. Given that... What you discovered there, that people still follow an account that's been dormant for 10 years. Yeah. It really stings when you do lose followers. Oh, right. Think what it takes for somebody to unfollow you. Good point. Yeah. Okay. And then the second thing is, we've got three in total. Okay. Um, You used to have very strong feelings. Mm about how revolting it was when parents kissed their kids on the lips. Has that changed since you have become a mother? That's very, it's a very good question. I used to find it disgusting that parents would kiss their kids on the lips. Recently, (laughs) recently, my son, can't remember how, I think it was on a bit of paper, my son 
hurt his tongue slightly and my first instinct was to kiss it better <gasps> that, that's how far the other wow. way I've gone I was like oh come in wow. and kiss it better I was like oh my god it was like a few years ago I was revolted by parents kissing the kids on the cheek and look at me now trying to kiss my son's tongue better my son keeps licking me mm. <sighs> I'm finding it quite difficult to know how to handle it so if for example he licked a window which has happened a couple of times recently I can say Gene that's dirty don't do that Mm. Um, here's why we don't lick windows. When he licks me, it's it's as a sign of affection, mm. and I don't want to tell him. I don't want to give him the message that he should repress his feelings of affection. Mm. But it does feel weird when he sort of clambers up on me in the bed in the morning, and then starts licking my ear. <laughs> yeah. The rule of thumb that I've got for him generally is if it comes out of your body, it shouldn't be on somebody else's body, which I think is a good rule. That's an excellent rule, yeah. But I think so much of my flaws, so many of my flaws as a parent are entirely based around I don't want to repress him in any way. Yes, yes, me too. My attitude is very much uh, ignore it. It's a phase or grow out of it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. That's that sorted. And then the third thing was, you mentioned public information films there. Mm. I found myself. So I spend a lot of time when it's just me and him. And when Sarah's on her own with him, she will do loads of what she calls roughhousing, you know, kind of pick him up, throwing him around. They're doing physical play and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not built for that. So we do a lot of talking and he asks me about a lot of different things. And just to give you an idea of how close to the limits my conversation is is pushed sometimes, I found myself telling him about public information films the oh, other day. Oh, right. And we were on an escalator. Okay. And he was asking what would happen if you stayed on the escalator, like would you go round into the bottom of it? And I just had this memory of a public information film from when I was a kid where a, ki- a child mm. dropped their teddy bear. Yeah. And then he saw it get sucked in and destroyed. Mangled, yeah. So I told him about this. Mm. And then he was saying what other films were there. So I was telling about the kites and the pylons. Yeah. Uh, didn't tell him about the nuclear holocaust. I thought I'll save that. Slipping on a rug. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely one about slipping on a rug. I really do love the fact. I know a lot of people don't have this instinct, but I really like the idea of the state as some kind of benign <laughs> nanny who just teaches you about life. And I really love that we grew up in an era where a lot of common sense behaviour was taught to us. <laughs> they felt that they needed to show us little films about it. Yes, I, w- I would like that to come back. Yeah. I would. Yeah, yeah. Just films telling people how to behave. Mm. Cinemas are coming back. I mean, what are they going to be like after 14 months away? Like People were bad enough anyway. Terrible. There should be public information films about how to behave they kind of do when you get there with the mobile phone thing, but they need to extend. They're not that. good enough. They're not. They're yeah. not explicit enough. No. I don't mean sexually explicit. I mean, like people. They they don't grab people's attention. Right. People should have to sit an exam and have a certificate before they're allowed into the cinema. Strict. But it I should, like it. I think so many things in life. It should be like the citizenship test, which I think is ridiculous in in itself. Mm. But I think something like that would be far far more useful 
for the ways with which we interact with each other in shared space. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm really getting into I'm really warming to this idea now. Post-pandemic, mm. we need to be taught via the medium of public information films how to behave in shared space and, and, and public yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm going to pitch that idea Do. to the government. <laughs> Good luck with that, yeah. <laughs> Hot day. Mm-hmm. Want something to drink? Yep. I will often drink an iced coffee. Okay. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. However, if I accidentally sip out of a cup of coffee that's gone cold, uh, my instinct is to want to spit it out. It's so revolting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's that? <laughs> yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Iced tea, but drinking that, like, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, it would have milk in it. But anyway, yeah, totally agree. Very weird. The other one, I think I've said this before, I'm always amazed at how much I love frozen yoghurt. I love frozen yoghurt on a hot day. But if before I knew of its invention, somebody had said to me, frozen yoghurt, I would have thought it sounded like the most horrible thing. Mm. Look at you now. I wish I'd just stuck with the coffee thing. (laughs) I thought the coffee thing... There was something interesting about that observation. Mm, it's good you're workshopping it. <laughs> hey, edit it out. It's fine. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> no, no sorry. Sorry. It's probably saying that. Here's the thing. Mm. If you were to sit in the street on a bench on a hot day or in the park and eat a yogurt, that would mm. be weird. Eating a frozen yogurt, not weird. That's true. Okay, that's, this is more interesting now. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think I barely kind bailed of. myself out because the truth of it is, is frozen yogurt isn't just the same as taking a yogurt out your freezer uh, over the fridge and put it in the freezer. Is it? It's a different thing. Look, what about this? It would yes. be a bit weird if someone, a group of people, <laughs> a group of people, went out to go and buy a pot of yogurt from a shop and just go and eat it on the park bench. But if you went out and bought a frozen yogurt and ate it on a bench, totally normal. Yeah, exactly. Why is the freezing make it socially acceptable? Because exactly. If you all went and bought a pot of yogurt from Tesco to go yes. and ate, all yes. stood outside and ate it, it'd be yeah. weird. Yeah, there we go. That's if I was on a date mm. and we'd <laughs> been to a restaurant and had a main course and said, oh, should we go and get a frozen yogurt? It's a nice, nice evening. Like, yeah, why not? But if we'll you went, if you should go, go and get, get yogurt. a pot of like <laughs> yeah, munch bunch yogurt yeah, from Tesco, yeah. that'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. Really weird. But as I say, I think mm. this sort of falls down because... To the best of my understanding, frozen yogurt and yogurt aren't quite the same thing. What? Think about it. It's just yogurt frozen. I don't think it is just yogurt frozen. That's my point. So if you got a Yoplait and put it in the freezer, that would be the same as going to a Pinkberry? Yeah. Mm, Don't think so. Okay. I'll do some research on this and get back to you next week. If that was the case... What are they doing? Why are they calling it frozen yoghurt then? I don't know, but they've got like big machines. Right. 
It's more akin to a Mr. Whatever going on in there is more akin to a Mr. Whippy than it is to, well, they, they to whip, a they, Maybe they're whipping it up a bit more then. Uh, but if I put... Okay, I'm going to experiment. Mm. I'm going to get one of those yogurts that I like. Do you know the ones I mean? The ones that come in those fancy Ceramic pots, pots yeah. yeah. Yeah, ceramic pots, yes. They've changed the colour though. And? I think maybe... Well, this doesn't make sense. We can say they think they've changed the colour to dissuade people from buying ceramic pots, but that wouldn't be a good business model. Terrible, yeah. I think it's gone wrong. from like this lovely sort of uh, duck egg blue to mm. like a, uh, a, 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 an unpleasant shade of brown. Oh, really? Mm. Cheaper. Mm. Cheaper, definitely cheaper. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Uh, I think we've ground that okay. that's that's done the the other thing i wanted to talk about briefly before we get on to the final mug chat mm, god i'm so excited is what do you think my best strategy is mm. for marrying melinda gates <laughs> think you might be better off going for Maura Higgins. Who? What? You don't know that they broke up today as well? I don't know who you're talking about. Maura? Well, Alex Hurricane Higgins. No, from Love Island. Maura and Christopher broke up. Oh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Really, though, you think I could bag somebody off Love Island? I think you No, you just think it's more likely than uh, Melinda Gates. Yes, you've got more chance. Interestingly, I I mentioned this to my wife earlier on because I was saying, what I'd love to do is find out uh, when, when Melinda Gates is a divorcee and she goes on a cruise... I'd find out like <laughs> which which cruise it is she's going, going on. on she's going to go. Then what I would do is I'd get some suave clothes mm. and get some patter, and then sidle up to her sidle. on the on the cruise suave, and be very charming. Sidle patter. I'm thinking, I'd, I'd be using Nigel Charmers. Nigel Charmers as my, as my Nigel Charmers. Yeah, as my template. Mm. Um, template. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, because that's that's I, I want to get I want to get my hands on some hands. Of the, some of the <laughs> 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 I want to uh, yeah mm. yeah I want to wee- wheedle my way in there. You know when um like you can look at a menu in a restaurant and like <laughs> if you take out all the fancy words it just looks like really boring and ugly, <laughs> like quite disgusting. Yes, yes. I would think about that in terms of what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, the point. The point is. I want no money. <laughs> yeah. I think I did start by saying that, didn't I? <laughs> I don't Maybe. think you did. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was a heavy subtext. Yeah, of course, yeah. So I mentioned this to my current wife, Sarah. Current! Current wife! <laughs> okay, yeah. Earlier. Mm. And her reaction wasn't the scepticism. And she is a, she is a more cynical person than, than you are. Mm. What did she say? She said, well, you're hotter than Bill. That's very, very, very nice thing to say. <laughs> well, I've never thought... I mean, it's not for me to say whether I'm hotter than Bill Gates, but generally, I mean, I can't think of... I, I, I generally think of myself as less attractive than most vertebrates. <laughs> and yet my own wife thinks I'm more attractive than Bill Gates. So her point is you've got an excellent chance because you're hotter than Bill Gates. Yeah, but she'd be trading up. Mm, if she, if her only thing if was, it was a, appearances. Yes. Yes. Also, th- I do have to take into account that she might have options. I, I might not be the only person this has occurred to. 
that has been going through the words patter, suave, hands, mm. charming. Yeah. Weedle. Weedle, sidle. Yeah. <laughs> worm. Worm. How can a worm mow into affection? You're not the yeah, you're not the only person that's thinking this tonight. Hmm. I wouldn't go as far as to say I would be preying on her. Preying. That's not, not such a nice <laughs> no, word. No, no, that's mm. that's where I would draw the line. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, it's great that you've got your wife's full support. What, what's what's next on the plan? I don't know. I, I just want to say as well that I, I think that once I had ingratiated myself mm. and I think I'm I think I'm nice to be married to. Mm. I think I'm nice. Mm. I also think all the ways in which I'm not nice would be fixed by having so much money that you could just throw money at any problem. Mm. So I think it would be a joy for her to replace. So Bill Gates, some of the business practices haven't been great over the years, but the philanthropy is difficult to argue with. Mm. Seen him interviewed. I don't think he's, I don't think he's one for like a pithy observation whilst you're (laughs) watching an episode of The Masked Singer. Right. So she became something different this yeah. time. Something, I think it'd be yeah. more fun. I think it would be. I'd never describe myself as fun. Mm. In the same way as I would never describe myself as good looking, I would never describe myself as fun. But I think I would be more fun than Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. And my wife thinks I'm better looking. And she's obviously looking for something different. Something. Yeah. Because yeah. if she wasn't, she'd she'd stay with Bill. I, well, I don't think you should go for it. Then you've really taught me around. If anyone's listening to this who uh, works at Thomas Cook. And has access to the or Lun Poly, and has access to the passenger yeah. manifolds. Let you know what cruise like manifolds or manifests? manifests manifests yeah. of cruise ships. Mm. What's a manifold? I don't know. I think you made it up. No, a manifold is real. Okay. Now one of us is going to have to look up manifold, and I'm leaning back. Well, why don't you go through your like weird fantasy about what's going to happen next, and I'll look it up. Come on. So, you, so, so yeah, so so I want yeah. If somebody is uh, is 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 listening oh, it to just, this, it from, means many and various. Oh yeah, yeah. The reasons were manifold. Yeah, okay. I do worry about my cognitive function. I may mm. imagine that. Anyway, the point is this: if anybody can just give me the information I need to be able to enact my scheme, mm. scheme. No, I've lost your attention. I gave Sorry, you the I gave up. you the word scheme there so that you could do that thing where you went scheme. <laughs> I was looking and, at what's in frozen yogurt while I was on my computer. Sorry. And is it just yogurt? Pretty much, yeah. What's the pretty much doing in that answer? I haven't had time to read it. Okay, um, right. It's time for the moment everyone has been waiting for. It's the final regular edition. Hang on, final regular that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, it's it's the the. How can I phrase this? I feel like I've lost the momentum of building it's it up. It's the finale. It is the f- but then it will come back as specials every now and again. Yeah, but we don't need to re- reference that now. It oh, yeah, be because then we can, like they did with, um, what's it called? Thing with that lad in it who's cleared off to America. Sings them songs. No idea. What's his name? That lad in it who sings them songs. Sings them songs. What and songs? He he's, laughs at people's jokes. James Corden, James James Corden. Corden. His name just completely fell out of my head. He gets in cars with people and sings along with the radio. They have a nice nice time. Or if they don't, he he does a convincing 
enough job mm. of pretending that he's having a good time mm-hmm. that people think, oh, this is fun. This is infectious. Look, move it along because I want to. I've got some big news about big mug chat. Well, it's coming back. No, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. You don't even know this big news yet. I'm springing it on you as well. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It is time. Because what I'm saying is they brought Gavin and Stacey back, yeah, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. So, but they didn't say, oh, we'll finish the series, but it'll be coming back at some exactly, point. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, it's time for the last ever. You will never hear this again. Savour it because in a few minutes you'll be mourning it. Mm. It is the last ever edition of Mug Chat. What mug is this? What mug is that? What mug you gonna find out? I just want to say the way I ramped up the energy there at the oh, end. Oh, great. Yeah. It was wonderful, wasn't it? Was. It? it was brilliant. People who miss hearing me on the radio with regularity, I just want to say it's 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 still in there. I can still summon him. Yep. Him. <laughs> okay. Ready for the big news? Right? Yes. Okay. Over the weekend, I will be creating the Mug Chat Shelf of Fame collage of a Facebook Oh. Yeah, I'm going to make it. So if you've sent in a photo of your mug, there is a very high chance, unless it slips through the net, that it will be featured on the shelf of fame. Is this going to involve a printer and glue and scissors? No. Your skills have really come on since we were doing the radio show. Yes, I know a lot. If if I'd have asked you to put a picture on Facebook back then, Struggled. you would have printed stuff out, yeah. taken a picture of it, written on it. Yeah. Um in biro mm. and then uploaded it and then uploaded it i can do background remover now like things have really moved on you can do what background remover is that like green screen uh yeah yeah wow yeah i just press a button it's quite easy <laughs> what if someone has frizzy hair like you've got a picture of somebody with frizzy hair no, but no chance too difficult too difficult yeah mm. anyway so there's gonna be a, a mug chat shelf of fame yeah and it's gonna be on our facebook page wonderful yep Okay. Yeah, something to look forward to, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You ready for the last three editions ever in the Mug Chat finale? Yeah, I'm just reeling from the fact that you're going to do some admin on the phone. Are you on there a lot? Daily. Really? I'm lying. Oh. I was worried that there are messages I haven't seen and stuff. But Yeah, I need to check it. Uh, well, I will be checking it this weekend. Because it's the Mug Chat Hall of Fame. Shelf. Shelf, Shelf of, of fame. fame. Yeah, yeah. Is it in a hall? Uh, no, it's in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, here we go. The final three. Yes. First is from Sarah. I've recently separated from my partner and when packing my things to move, realised that most of the mugs were mine, tier one mugs, chosen by me or gifts from friends. The tier two camper van design mugs were also bought by me. If I had taken all of my mugs, there would have only been one or two left. What could I do? Leave behind some of my favourite mugs or take them all and leave my partner with a sad, lonely mug or two. In the end, I took all of my favourites, university mugs, Moomin mugs, gifts from friends, and luckily found some identical mugs to replace the second tier mugs so that I didn't clean him out. Lesson learned from this, my husband didn't care about mugs as much as me. Wow. Yeah. Real divide there. Probably why they broke up. Yeah. Mm. I I think you're better off without him. Sounds like it, yeah. But I can't help but feel that you carry some guilt about the end of the relationship and you're overcompensating because you bought him those mugs. mugs or you're just really nice probably you're just really nice maybe you're really nice yeah. but i think if you felt that you had if, if if you had been wronged or you had been the one left mm. 
you wouldn't be thinking about making it better him with these mugs. Depends on the type of person, but yes. Maybe, yeah. I suspect you're right, I suspect. Okay, let's move on. There's lots of, a lot you can tell about the way people yeah. divide mugs up in a breakup. It's very interesting. I also just want to say as well, that selection of mug mugs, and I know there were moving ones in there, just sounded very tasteful. Mm. Often, well, not often, but occasionally, no, just occasionally in mug chat, I've heard about mugs, which I thought, well, that wouldn't be in my tier one. <laughs> But I feel that was it, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Sarah and I have very similar mug taste. Because okay. I think I know. I think I've seen the camper van one she's talking about. Well, if it falls through Melinda Gates, you and Sarah could get together. <laughs> <laughs> Just a joke. Okay, let's move on to Amelia. I mean, I know what she does to men's hearts. <laughs> true, true, true. Seeing as mug chat is ending, I've decided to enter my story into the magical archives of mug chat. It's not particularly exciting, but I'll tell it anyway. For Christmas, from one of my best friends, I received a wonderful mug that is marble-coloured with writing reading, The Almighty Amelia. It is the mug that I drink from the most, closely followed by the periodic table mug. Both mugs are different sizes and shapes, but are still perfect for tea drinking. Our story starts with a few washes of the Almighty Amelia mug. I have drunk tea out of stated mug and put it on the side to be washed. It is obvious that it's not for the dishwasher as the writing sticks out, despite it saying on the bottom that it's fine. And yet, my dad took it upon himself to place it in the dishwasher and let the text be mangled, so it now reads, The Almighty Amelia. How dare he? As all drifters will agree, this is beyond criminal. Mm. And my dad should rot in hell, along with all the other mug defacers. I really feel that Amelia, the the, the how dare he, if more than anything evoked Greta Thunberg speaking at Davos or somewhere, the kind of righteous fury. Yes, yes. That's what I got in that moment. And it was righteous. Yeah. We can all agree it was righteous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he shouldn't be. The trouble is, he shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a a mug or Mm. a dishwasher. Yeah, (laughs) or a dishwasher. But yeah. it is quite nice to have a parent who's doing that kind of thing for you. True, true. It's but difficult. It's it's a very difficult thing if somebody is ultimately waiting on you hand and foot, mm. but they're doing it in a way that is wrong. Mm. How you correct them? Mm-mm. I feel my marriage would be in a, a lot better <laughs> state if I uh, if I if I knew. <laughs> I knew to, to uh, deal with that particular conundrum. Well, when you're with Melinda, you'll have to sort that out because, you know, she will be no, waiting on you. Yeah. She won't be waiting on you. Oh, you'll have a butler. Yeah. Of course yeah. you'll have a butler. Me and Melinda will just be having a nice time. Mm. Um, like, we'll have separate chaise long. What? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. I really just think about the the foot part of being waited on hand and foot. Do you think a chaise long is comfortable? No, but it's. Uh, I think it indicates a certain level of luxury. Right. I think it, I, I would have it to. I just want to remind myself of the fact that I was married to a multi, multi, multi billionaire. Mm. That my my diabolical scheme had worked. Yeah, yeah. So you're happy to be uncomfortable for this this feeling. Mm, good. Yeah. Okay. Right. You ready? Just, just, I'd, I'd want to remind myself where I'd come from and yeah, where I, yeah, where a I was. Sofa. It would be. It would be like. Yeah, when people do their gratitude diary every day. Right, yeah. It'd be like a living embodiment of that, being uncomfortable on the sofa. Mm. I'd just be able to think, I might not be physically comfortable at this moment, Mm. but in every aspect of my life, I never have to worry about any kind of creature comfort ever again. Mm -hmm. Does your wife listen to this? No, No, she doesn't know. Just checking, okay. Maybe, like, when Melinda was off doing her philanthrop- 
philanthropic work, you mm. know, if you've gone off to a malaria treatment centre somewhere, mm. then maybe I'd sit on the comfy chair while she was gone. Okay. You really thought this through? Yeah. Okay. I thought you'd pick up on the fact that I wouldn't be going with <laughs> we, we all did, don't worry. <laughs> we, we, all, we all picked on the fact that you'd be at home yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'd treat yourself yeah, on, yeah. to go on the comfy sofa yeah. while she was yeah. off doing the yeah, nice yeah. work. Okay. If she said to me, I really want to go, get out of my regular environment and go and have a think about how to tackle this pet problem of malaria with all my money, mm. I might say... I read about this place in Condé Nast Traveller. It's in the Maldives. It looks fantastic. Mm. There is, uh, you can land a private jet close to there. Why don't we go there and have a good think about it? Right. And if you need time to think, I could, I could just go and read a book yeah. by the pool. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to bother you. No, you yeah. can. You know. But if I'm here as a sounding board, if you need me yeah. for some, some of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to work so perfect. Short bursts. Yeah. Like short, yeah. short bursts. Not while you're busy. Yeah. No. Um, but I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be at the sharp end of it, so to speak. Yeah. I feel like I'm ruining the the final mug <laughs> chat with this. Look, let's move on to the last one. Yeah. Okay, this is from Barnaby. As a rule, I'm very much a moderate when it comes to the reuse and washing of mugs. I'll mm. keep one on the go for coffee throughout the morning, but mm. change when I switch to tea in the afternoon. Yeah. Middle of the road stuff. The Alistair Darling approach to mug <laughs> management. <laughs> <laughs> However, in the spring and summer of 2007, I came close to being radicalised. I was revising for my A-levels and basically living in the small walk-in cupboard I rather loftily called my study, occasionally emerging for meals and surviving on many, many cups of coffee. As the pressure built, basic practices like washing up fell several rungs down the ladder of priorities. And one afternoon, I realised that I'd been using the same coffee mug for several days. My initial reaction was mild distaste. But at the back of my mind, a small voice asked, like Bilgo Baggins, Bilgo Baggins, tempted by the one ring. After all, why not? Why shouldn't I use the same mug? <laughs> Things swiftly escalated. Within days, I had become convinced that sticking with the same unwashed mug for the duration of my A-levels was mission critical. The increasingly stained receptacle was a talisman, <laughs> the key to academic <laughs> success. Of course, the theory had its detractors, my family, so I often found myself on the defensive, claiming that in fact the patina of cuppers gone by added a pleasing <laughs> piquancy to my coffee's flavour and even perhaps improved its nutritional value. At one point in my exam-addled delusionary state, I saw a connection between the many tide marks on the inside of the mug and the ancient Greek geometric pottery I was studying. <laughs> the weeks went by, the exams were sat, and at last all was over. With some ceremony, I finally washed the stalwart and steadfast mug which had stood by my side for so long and returned it to the cupboard. I still sometimes drink out of it when I'm home for Christmas. Not that it's particularly nice, even when clean. Anyway, I passed my exams and went off to university. Was this all down to the mug? I guess we'll never know for sure. Oh, I think we will. Mm. That was a delight. Yes. What a way to go out. That has been Mug Chat. The sails are up when we sing this verse. The stove is lit to break our thirst. Be your ship, yacht, sailor, chunk. It's time to talk of all things mug. Mug Chat. Back soon as a special. Right, Annabelle, shall we have Quandary Corner? Let's. 
Okay. The first one's from Kendall. I have a five-month-old puppy named Poppy that I'm currently house training. I typically have to take her outside about once an hour and we go on twice daily walks to get some of her energy out. Because of this, I am outside constantly. I live in a small townhouse community, which means I have a lot of neighbours in close proximity. And with the warmer weather, more people are spending time outside. Now, here comes my problem. My puppy is very cute. I would say she's cuter than the average puppy. See attached pictures. I can confirm Poppy is Aww. incredibly cute. Oh, like really? imagine a, a, the most the sweetest teddy bear I've ever seen come to life. Oh. It's pretty amazing. She's also very small, only four pounds. I probably sound like a braggadocious parent, but it's important to the story. Honestly, at this point, I would rather have an ugly puppy. Before I got her, I'd never met any of my neighbours. Now I can't take her outside without having some kind of uncomfortable interaction with a stranger. These interactions have come in the form of people slowing their cars to ogle and wave at us. Wow. Me being stopped in my tracks so people can pet her, being shouted questions from across the street, being shouted at from balconies, being shouted at through open doors. You get the picture. Our latest walk was the final straw and the reason I am writing this email. I would like to note that everyone we've encountered has been lovely and warm. But of course, the problem lies with me being antisocial. So the walk went as follows. We had walked about four houses down when Poppy's biggest fan is unloading her groceries. Of course, she says hi. And we then proceed to have a very awkward conversation that consisted of her asking a question, me answering the question, then both of us standing there in silence while she gazed lovingly at my dog before asking another question. This went on far too long until I was finally able to make up an excuse and continue on the walk, only to run into another person who stops me again to ask all the usual questions. How old? What breed? How big will she get? Etc. Finally, I'm able to get on my merry way again. Here comes our next problem. Now, this is maybe strange, but I cannot stand the ice cream truck. It combines two of my least favourite things, which are loud noises and kids. Before any parents out there attack me, I don't hate kids. It's just that they're unpredictable and that scares me. Oh, God, yeah. Anyway. I, I've only revised my opinions on children since I had one and I haven't really revised my opinions on children, just just the one. Yeah. But I am self-aware enough to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Anyway, that's a whole other issue. So back to the issue at hand. The ice cream truck is right in front of us, blaring cheerful versions of popular songs with halls of children swarming to it. So at this point, I'm a ticking time bomb full of anxiety and Poppy is understandably scared. So I decide to end the walk and try again later. Typically, I'll just go back the way I came, but I wanted to avoid any more uncomfortable run-ins. So I decided to take the back way, which leads us behind a row of townhouses and dumps us right in front of our house. Finally, we get in view of the house and I'm ready to lay on the couch and hyperventilate. I mean, decompress. As we walk closer, I can practically taste that big glass of wine I'm about to pour myself. But then I see it. One of our neighbours and his toddler are in our driveway, not down the street, not near my driveway, in my driveway. There is no avoiding an interaction. We get closer and, of course, the little girl wants to pet the dog. So I muster up what little strength I've left to put a smile on and let her pet Poppy while simultaneously trying to keep Poppy calm because she gets very excited around people. Just when I think it could get any worse, our very chatty next-door neighbour comes out with his wife and his toddler and they all head straight for us. I guess both these family know each other because they start talking and essentially forget that I'm there. Well, the adults do at least. The kids are still intent on petting Poppy. At this point, Poppy is way too overexcited. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown and we are physically blocked from the front door. 
After what feels like forever, I'm able to mumble an excuse and hightail it out of there into the safety of my home. After taking several hours to recover, I've been pondering several solutions. I could drive to an abandoned parking lot every day and walk her there. I could give her a really ugly haircut. I could hire a bodyguard to walk with me and intercept any potential threats of social engagement. Or, of course, I could move. I desperately need your help in handling the situation. Is there a way I can avoid it? Or is it unavoidable? Is there any good way for me to get out of these conversations quickly and politely? Oh, God. I mean, my first thought is I hadn't really given that much brain space to how dogs are objectified. Yeah. Just these poor dogs. You know, you think walking past a building site in a miniskirt is bad. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Ogling them in the street. Mm. Um, So you you preempted one of the things I was going to say is they just get a really awful haircut. Mm. But you could put one of those, you could put a muzzle on Poppy. So she looks like a dangerous dog. That's a fantastic idea. I mean, maybe not great for Poppy's well-being, but good for your well-being. I would say, I don't know the breed. Oh, it's so cute. I don't know the breed, but it does does fade away. Like when when dogs are puppies, you get loads of attention. And then when they're full grown, that attention disappears. It will will get better. See, now I'm I'm having that thing where I was annoyed that puppies get objectified. Mm. But now I'm feeling kind of indignant. Mm. That the older dogs yeah. aren't thought of in that way as being cute and attractive. It's all about the youth. It's it fetishized, is. yeah. Although that is part of my strategy with Melinda Gaze. <laughs> Back to her again. Yeah. Um, strategy. I think that. <laughs> strategy. <laughs> I think that the muzzle is an excellent idea. Mm. Or. What else could suggest that she's dangerous and don't I come wish in? I the had. The thing my... is, the neighbours already know. Yeah. It's too I, late. I wish I had my white. I'm about, um... I'm about right in thinking she's American because I heard I a couple of words so. like dumpster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. Because um, my wife, but obviously this isn't true of all Americans, is extremely good at closing stuff down. Mm. So I get stuck talking to people all the time and i think part of it part of it is nice and just respectful but if for example i give a bit of what's in my pocket to um to a homeless person mm. i invariably get it becomes a long conversation whereas my wife can close it down really quickly if i was to do the same thing i'd feel like i was being rude or not not listening to them or not treating them with with respect and yet she just has this ability to just shut stuff down and and move on mm. if someone comes to the door selling something you don't want or asking you to take part in something the speed at which she's able to make them go away it's so impressive Mm-mm. she needs some of that Shall I, I wonder if she's should I ask her Hang on a sec. She's downstairs watching telly, so I'm mm. not going to get her to come all the way up here, but... And try calling her. Yeah. Okay. On the... I'll tell you what, I'll do it. Let me plug it in. Right, I've plugged it in. I'll just try and call her. FaceTime audio. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. Hi. 
we're just dealing with a quandary on Quandary Corner. Yeah. And I mean, it's an, an excellently put quandary, but just to break it down into its bare bones, it's somebody with a very cute puppy whose neighbours love the puppy so much that she keeps getting caught up in prolonged conversations with people and often their children who want to pet the dog. And she just wants to get back into her house as as quickly as she can without having all these social interactions. I was just saying to Annabelle, you're very good at closing down interactions in a way that I'm not. So what what is your advice for that? Mm. Do you know if she's walking the dog it's sort of like a regular time? I didn't get that impression, no. but I did get the impression she lives in a neighbourhood where neighbours and their children are out quite often. I mean, I feel that for this reason, getting a cute dog is sort of a big mistake for a very <laughs> antisocial person because... Mm when I would occasionally walk like up, that's what I would be like, Oh, this open, it's like opening a door to socialization. I would say that she's going to have to pick and choose her battles a little bit. So some of this is just unwinnable, but then when she knows she's in a real dark place where she's like, I can't do it. There needs to be like a, hi, I'm so, you will, I, I am so sorry for being so rude. I am trying to make it in for a four o'clock work call or something like that. Mm. So she has to have an awareness of the time and be preemptively ready to say, please don't think me rude. I have a work call. Got it. Okay. Does that sound reasonable? Making it easy. It's hard to do. Uh, well, the, I the, for me, not trying to, that's not hard for me. Mm. So. But I think if she just knows that that's her game plan, it will become easier. Yeah. Okay. And the puppy will, and it will get less cuter as it gets older. It, it will get easier. <laughs> okay. That's right. Because if it's just like a little puppy mm, right now, it's tiny. Right. So that's cute. crazy. Oh, mm. yeah. So it'll get easier. You're very impressive, Sarah. Really? Yeah. I just, just think you're great. I, I could not conceive of being with another woman. What's going on? What do you want? <laughs> Nothing. No, I'm. I'm just saying. When I hear you, I just think I married you. I just couldn't couldn't even think what it would be to be married to somebody else. What if Melinda Gates here? Shh, oh, sorry, sorry, don't mention. Sorry. Oh, okay, right. Uh, okay, bye. Bye. Okay. okay. Well, I think we've sorted that out then. <laughs> All right. The uh, the second quandary. Okay. This is from Liz. Um, she says. We recently went away for a couple of nights as lockdown lifted in Switzerland where we live. We stayed in a small guest house that had three to four rooms, so only a small business run by a young couple. Our room had a bathroom attached that was emitting an absolutely terrible smell. Obviously something to do with the old plumbing of the building, not because the bathroom was dirty. First thing my husband said was after a little while in the room, well, we'll have to go and get them to sort that smell out. I begged him not to say anything to them. What could they do? They were probably aware of the smell. And honestly, I don't think there would have been much they could do over the time of our stay. This smell almost ruined our weekend. Not the actual smell, although it was pretty bad, but the fact that my husband wanted to say something. The couple that ran the place was so lovely and friendly and made such an effort after COVID shut down to make it nice for guests. I didn't want to bother them with the hassle of the smell. They could do nothing about except replace the century old plumbing. And my husband kept saying, well, we need to tell them about it or get them to fix it. 
What does a drifter do with a non-drifter partner in this situation? I would have died if he'd said something to the couple. I dug myself so deep in telling them, oh, yes, everything is lovely. Thanks so much. Oh, yes, the bed's so comfortable and the view is great. We love it here. How can I allow my husband to mention the smell? What would you do in this situation? I, I, I am quite different. Oh. I think as perhaps previously evidenced, yeah, I, I, I am as big a drifter as anybody in most respects. But I really like being married to somebody who isn't, who I can get to go and do the dirty work for me. Ah, where she hates that. Yeah, finds it embarrassing. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I, I like it. I, my embarrassment doesn't extend to having somebody else go and do the things that I could never. Although in this particular situation, you're quite right. Like, I think any time you're ever complaining, the question you've got to ask yourself is, what is the most likely way in in which this could play out? Hmm. If it's just about getting something off your chest, right? don't do it. Yeah. If you think you could get people to change a thing, then, then, then do it. It's like I never uh, understand why somebody would complain to say for somebody working on a checkout at Iceland. Yeah, yeah. About something. Mm-mm. What are they going to do? Yeah, yeah, Nothing. Yeah. You're just making their life worth. But even if you say, "Can you tell the manager?" They're not going to bother. Yeah, they're just not going to yeah. bother. Yeah, and yeah, and and even if you find a manager, probably that's not, like occasionally I will go a bit nuts and like do deep googling and get personal email addresses of directors of companies or people because the only time stuff gets changed if you find somebody very very high up Mm-mm. who doesn't have to get the hands dirty with the stuff very often but really believes in the brand values and this is what we should be doing and how this is how we should be treating our customers yeah because most people are just trying to get through the day of doing their job and take they take pride in their work of course but most stuff they don't have the ability to change but this is different because it's a little sort of mom and pop place but then as you rightly say it's not like they could move you to a different wing what are they going to do give so it some air you've, freshener you've, you've got to ask yourself mm. What what difference will this make? I suppose there is an argument to say you're paying... It doesn't say when you book. Um, we've incorporated into the price of discount because the room smells bad. Mm-mm. So you could say, look, this is a beautiful place. The room smells terrible. It's not what we signed on for. it. So you know, would you be open to knocking a bit off? Or maybe we could come back another time and you could comp as a night. But I, w- I would never have that conversation. But I would send the non-drifter down to do it for me. Because I sort of feel they, if they know about this smell, which if it's that bad, they do, they're sort of, they're relying on people not being brave enough to mention it. Yeah. Now, that's not to say you should be brave enough to mention it. Mm. What about, say everything's lovely, sign the guest book saying greatest day ever, Anonymous trip advisor. Review. There you go. There we have it. Okay. All sorted. And that was this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Quite early on. As we were recording, I looked over at my computer and I thought, 
I think I think this is going to come in short this week, and and people will be glad of it. And yet, still, here we are. We've done some kind of mammoth. Episode. I'm sorry, it's my fault. There's a lot about Melinda Gates, wasn't there? There, there yeah. was that. There was then when I started going on about public information films. What I don't need to be doing is uh, bringing notes and queries to everything, which I've started doing, and I don't know where that's come from. Even when I'm trying to make my bits more concise, which largely I'm not succeeding with, I'm then saying, so you mentioned this, you mentioned this. It doesn't need it. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, mug chat, RIP. Oh. Not being here will we'll yeah. help things a bit. I don't know. Anyway, apologies for the length. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your story of trying and failing to pass as a regular human. Or send us your quandary for Quandary Corner. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took the photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And uh, I'll finish this week by saying... Honk! Podication time. This comes from Alan. Hello, Alan. Who says, Hi, I'd like to make a podication to my girlfriend, Lucy Adams. Lucy Adams. It's a long-time listener. And frequently sends in her stories. She has many. On the 8th of May, Lucy will be 500 days sober, which under normal circumstances would be a great achievement, but... Must have been even more difficult the past few months while she'd been working full time and homeschooling. So I think she deserves a shout out, especially given the strength um, that the various podcasters who've gone through this have given her. Next month will also be our nine year anniversary. I'm not sure which was more of a challenge. (laughs) When I first asked her out all those years ago, in her excitement, she accidentally texted me instead of her friend with the juicy details. So perhaps one of you can ask her if she'd like to, uh, if she'd like me to book her favourite restaurant for a double celebration and hopefully the first of many more to come. Wow. So... I wonder if that was like a deliberate what in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry calls an accidental text on purpose mm. where you want to communicate something to somebody. Oh, interesting. Yeah, by maybe. pretending you um, But the 500 day sober thing is, is great. Like just how given the, the year and a bit Oof. that everyone's had, how yeah. you've done that. Yeah. Wow. What it's a time to do it. Amazing. Just incredible, Lucy. And, uh, I know I've talked about this a lot over the years and, and and what it's done for me, but in some ways I think it's saved my life. And I think it's, uh, I think when you, it probably won't feel like this now, but maybe it does. I think it took me a long time to get to this point, but something you should think about at some stage in the future is it's just an incredibly difficult thing that you've done just so hard. And even those 500 days is is just, I say even, I don't mean to diminish them at all because I think 500 days is incredible. What the point I'm making is just most people who try that don't get to 500 days. It just doesn't happen. So already you're you're just in a few people that have done it. And what I was going to say is um, 
over the years, something I've come to realise, and I, f- I forget it as often as I remember it, but I think it's a really good thing, is next time life is really hard and you've got, you know, there's something difficult that you've got to get through, just remember that you got through that. Just remember what it was like and think about the fact that you've you've been able to do all that term sober in, in, in what is especially difficult circumstance, I imagine, this year. And a good thing to try and wrap your head around is the things that you will face in the future. Like, if, if you did that, you, you can probably cope with the stuff that's ahead of you as well. It's one of the most difficult things you've ever done, and it's, uh, it's, it's brilliant that you've done it, so congratulations. Um, and then the restaurant, where should they go? Well, I was going to say, where should they go? But Alan wants to take her to her favourite. Well, if it's open, is it well open? Well, what places know. are opening again, aren't they? Oh. So she's, so what date is it? The if 8th they can of get May. a table. Yeah. So he could, he, could, he could present to her, my anniversary present to you is a booking at this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then they could go on that day. Otherwise, they'll need to get somewhere they can sit outdoors. But I don't know what Lucy likes. Maybe her favourite restaurant has outdoor seating. Hope so. And she could go now. Hope so. She could, she, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of... I've, I've got good information about Lucy from the various emails and from this podication, but it's still an incomplete picture of the woman. Yes. So it, I, I, I can't comment any further. Nope. So I, I won't. have to leave it there. Yeah. Congratulations, Lucy. Well done, and uh, and congratulations both of you on the nine-year anniversary. If you'd like a podcast, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.